Hello and welcome to the Auto Buyer's Guide podcast powered by Alex and Autos. I am Alex. Tim is off today. He is doing fun watch things in Geneva, which sounds very, very exciting. So with me today, we have our East Coast editor, Brian. Hey, everyone. I'm going to do my best to uh, emulate Tim's lovely podcast voice. We'll see how that goes. So uh, that means that you have to love Chevy Volts, Chrysler yeah. Pacifica plug-in hybrids, and anything that's boxy and tragic from the 1980s. Okay, I'll try. <laughs> well, with that out of the way, let's dive into the uh, interesting EV news of the day, which is, I have to admit, a little bit shocking, I thought. Uh, General Motors has said, Mari Barra has said, that they do not believe that their EVs will qualify for the full $7,500 tax credit come January 1st. Uh, were you surprised by that? I know I was. I think anybody who read that news was probably surprised. I mean, they seemed to have it all ready to go. I mean, it sounded like they were pretty confident that they would get it back. And based on all the criteria, you'd think they would. Now, what are the details? Mm -hmm. What are the reasons why uh, they don't? Yeah, pay? so here's the detail. I guess the, the, the way the tax credit is structured come January is that there are two components. The battery pack must be built in North America, so Canada, the United States, or Mexico. And then a certain number of critical minerals, value-wise, must be extracted from America's free trade partners. And that includes mm -hmm. North America, South Korea, Australia, blah, 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 blah. So apparently, it's that portion that General Motors is not going to qualify for, which I was kind of surprised by because GM was help you know involved in some of the lobbying for the way that this deal was structured so a right. lot of folks myself included just assumed they would get the whole thing looks like they're only going to be getting the north american manufacturing part and how much value wise does that get them so hopefully it should be three thousand seven hundred fifty dollars and that looks like it's going to apply to everything that does not uh does not exceed the price cap so if you're out there buying a hummer ev or the silverado ev when it finally comes on sale you're not going to qualify for that because the cap is about eighty thousand dollars or so Theoretically, there will be versions of the Silverado and Sierra EVs that will qualify, but not at the start of production. Those are only going to be the most expensive trims. It could mean, however, a bit of a bummer for the Equinox and Blazer EVs, which should qualify price-wise. And I was really hoping they would get that whole credit because, uh, you know, if the Equinox started at 35, that would be really cheap with the credit. Yeah, well, I bet the Koreans are kind of snickering in the background now because I know they've they've been coming to to Washington recently to try mm -hmm. to negotiate some sort of update to the to the plan because obviously they were left out of the game or the party a little bit there, but now it looks like they're not alone. So uh, yeah, you know who else might be laughing? It appears that Jeep might be laughing and Ford might be laughing because uh -huh. it seems that the Stellantis plug-in hybrids. We'll still get the full $7,500 tax credit. And Ford's CEO said that they, quote unquote, think that certain models will qualify once the rules are complete at the end of the year. Hmm. Okay. Well, interesting development there. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And exactly what they think might happen there is, is interesting with Ford because this could put customers in a real weird bind because Ford basically said they believe that certain versions of the F-150 Lightning and the Mach-E will qualify. Obviously, Lightning can get too expensive, so right. the more expensive ones won't qualify. But this means that they must be using different battery cells in different models with different materials sourced here and there because they're certainly going to qualify for the manufacturing portion. The mineral portion um, sounds like they're just going to try and scavenge some minerals and jam them in some batteries.
Well, that certainly leaves that. So that leaves what? So the two brands left that can take some advantage of it. So that's, or are there any more? Uh, there is Nissan with the Leaf. Nissan I don't the know Leaf. where their minerals come from, but the battery is manufactured in North America. Yeah. So they should be okay. Um, but yeah, aside from that, that's that's basically going to be it as far as the EV tax credit goes. Now, uh, until we get more news, we should probably move on to our sure. next segment, which is what have you driven lately and what are we driving now? Well, lately for me, I've had a bunch of GM products, actually. Um, I've had the Chevy Trailblazer and the Chevy Traverse. I had the Chevy Trailblazer first, and that that actually surprised me a lot because it was it's a stylish option in that se- segment. If you like a white roof, a black roof, or even a brown roof on a contrasting paint color job, you can get that on a Trailblazer. It drives pretty well. It's nothing you know exciting, nothing crazy. There are no high performance versions. There's no, you know, mm-hmm. Hyundai Kona N equivalent. There's nothing crazy, fun, or exciting about the car in the versions you can get. But for turbocharged three cylinder engines, it does everything it needs to do just fine. And it's the value proposition is pretty good, I think. I don't That's know. You've the price tag. Before. Yeah. What's the what was the price tag on the one you drove? Oh, I think it was just over thirty one. Thirty-one, thirty-two. Yeah, 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 and it had pretty much everything because mine was an active trim. Mm-hmm. The active trim and the RS trim are right neck and neck in price. It's just like major, mostly styling features that are different um, or styling elements. Um, but yeah, so that's right near the top of the line. It was missing mm-hmm. the panoramic moonroof and the power tailgate, which are bundled uh, into the yeah. package. Yeah, so those are things I like, but. Yeah, for those folks out there that are not familiar with the Trailblazer, this is uh, not the smallest crossover in GM's lineup, but it's almost the smallest. It's pretty darn small. And uh, it was the less, least expensive until very recently when they announced the new Trax was coming back to the U.S. Uh, it used to start under $20,000. Price tag has gone up a bit, but that's still way less than the average for a new crossover in the U.S. And it's pretty practical right. on the inside. Right. So, yeah, you got to take a look at it. It, to me, looks like the more attractive car. And if you don't need all wheel drive and you don't care about your transmission and how many gear ratios it has, and you're not really a feature crazy person, you don't want, you don't need every bell and whistle. That thing tops out at what? $25,000. That is yeah, just pretty, under pretty 25, impressive. including destination, which was yeah. quite shocking with the tracks. That is, that's yeah. exciting. That's what's got, exciting. a little bit, but uh, let's see here coming up on the channel. Uh, if you're a, a subscriber to the Alex Nauto's YouTube channel, you will be seeing some interesting things coming up soon. We have a full review on the Sportage hybrid, the GR86, Brian drove the Traverse, so that is coming up there. And we also have some recent videos on the refresh Telluride, and soon, we can't talk about it yet, but I can tell you it's coming, the new 2023 Accord and the new 2023 Honda Pilot. I just saw them yesterday. Uh, My lips are sealed until a little bit later in the second week of November, so uh, be sure and stay tuned for those. So um, what do you think of the look of the Sportage? I'm torn. Well, I think we're on the same page here, at least on the Sportage specifically. Um, The front end to me is one of the strangest designs, if not the strangest car design in recent memory, maybe aside Mm. from the BMW iX. Um, It's just, it uh, it doesn't look like It's weird. Let's just be frank, it's weird. It's weird, yeah. (laughs) The rest of it's fine. The rest of it's got a traditional shape. And I actually, you know, they have the short wheelbase and the long wheelbase version, just like the Tucson. In Europe, they get the short wheelbase version. That one is a very stubby, Mm -hmm. more in line uh, size-wise with the previous one that we got. You know, it didn't even have a rear window or glass behind the second doors, uh, the second row windows or whatnot. This one has the full 
you know, swoopy look with the larger con- uh, cargo area, which you commented, it's one of the largest yeah, interiors. Now. Cargo is absolutely like, huge. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the look it, is peculiar, though. It's just a peculiar look. Now, if you get, I think if you get one in like X Pro or X Line, mm-hmm. the uh, face, the, the face at the bottom, like the treatment they give it to square it off a little bit helps. But the like the the SX trim with the chrome mm-hmm. that kind of does the boomerang thing at the bottom. I don't know. That looks worse to me. It's just an odd looking mishmash because the front's so weird, but the rest is so normal. Yeah. So I am intrigued though. It seems that when I polled our fu- our Facebook followers, if you haven't found us on Facebook yet, be sure and do that so you can be involved in these things. Uh, it was universally loved. Oh, very few people actually said that they didn't like the look. So that kind of surprised me. It is on our list as far as a next long-term proposition here. So mm-hmm. uh, this uh, end of this year, the Lightning is going to go and the EV6 is going to go. I want to replace them with some sort of green plug-in thing that is inexpensive. Right. Uh, I was initially thinking maybe plug-in hybrid escape, perhaps plug-in hybrid Tucson. Uh, but uh, it seems that our Facebook followers thought that the Sportage was beautiful and we should use it instead for our next long term. So uh, there you go. I think the Nero is beautiful. I think that's a good looking car. I think the Nero is a good looking one. It is cheap too. not all wheel drive. And I really kind of want an all wheel drive something. So uh, be sure and sound off in the comment section, listeners and viewers, and let us know uh, what you think on those. Uh, Next week, we're going to be wandering off to Sonoma to take a look at the Honda Civic Type R. Mm-hmm. Some of those Canadians already got to drive it. Mm. Yes, those darn Canadians. So, and yeah. uh, and there are already people out there talking about it, which, yeah. you know, offends my journalistic sensibilities, I will be honest. I'm going to throw Honda under the bus here and say that Honda's been doing this a lot lately where they're, they're doing the whole like, okay, well, we're going to invite everybody to go drive the Civic Type R or whatever. And so we all sign up and, and hey, that's fine. We have to agree to an embargo. And then it turns out that there's actually a different subset of people that already drove it and get to talk about it, but in a quote unquote more limited sense. Right. And then, you know, they say they had a separate embargo and that it was track specific in terms of what they how they got to drive it sure right yeah okay but you know what i haven't watched any of the reviews (laughs) i haven't read any of the reviews i'm going to go in with an open mind uh but i it sounds like the the hints of yeah uh, like i've heard it's it's pretty impressive so we'll Well, see that's what i will say in a way that's a bit of my problem with what honda has done here with this launch event because uh, I think it will color opinions in a way, and yeah. my opinions are perhaps a little bit uh, pessimistic, I would uh, say, yeah. lately. Um, the folks that I talked to that were able to drive it already thought that it felt big and heavy compared to the old model. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we'll see what that means, because I certainly didn't think the Corolla, the GR Corolla felt big and heavy. No, I don't think so. I mean, it definitely is a smaller car, mm-hmm. but not drastically smaller. I mean, it's... Yeah. It's a little bit tiny, tinier, but yeah, I don't know. And it's not, I forget what the weight difference is. Do you know off the top of your head? Because of course one is all wheel drive and one is not, but um, I don't know much of a difference. My recollection is poor. I don't believe we have the final Do specifications on the okay. new Type R yet, but based versus the previous Type R, the GR Corolla was maybe, I think it's under 200 pounds weight difference. Oh yeah, okay. But the new Civic is heavier than the old Civic. So I'm betting that Type R gains some weight. All right, shifting gears, it's now time to talk about family-friendly vehicles. What should you buy if you're looking to spend under $45,000 and you need a vehicle that can get you, your cargo, and your family somewhere, say, at least enough room for one child 
in a child seat or a booster seat, plus perhaps a family pet cargo enough for a family of three or four to go somewhere. So we're going to do this bracket style, and uh, then we'll see if we can define uh, what is actually the winner. So let's go with our brackets here. Uh, the first two that we should head-to-head uh, -head compete are the Murano versus Trailblazer. Ooh, very different options there. Um, Murano, when it came out, was like, to me, one of the prettiest cars made in the last 10 years. But of course, now it's nearly 10 years old. So I would say because mm -hmm. it's on the older side, definitely doesn't have the newest tech that Nissan has to offer, doesn't have just the newest cutting edge design, all of that. I would just say probably skip the Murano and wait for the next generation if that's coming. Trailblazer is a little bit newer, maybe yeah. a little bit better value. Similar in terms of interior room, it's actually quite spacious on the inside for how tiny it is on the outside. So yeah, I would say I would agree with you there. Unless you're going to plan to put three people across the rear, right. I would go with Trailblazer. Yep. Great value. So we're going to kick them around onto the curb and Trailblazer advances to the next round. Uh, let's see here. What else do we have here? So we have Highlander versus Tiguan. Is mm. the price tag worth the size increase or vice versa? I think I would go Highlander. Uh, again, the Tiguan is sort of on the older side, there's a new one being spied testing right now. So I imagine if you want the newest and nicest from Volkswagen, mm -hmm. you could maybe wait a year for yeah, that. To come. We know we know that bigger models coming because uh, yeah. Volkswagen basically already told us what the European one looks like. And yeah. hopefully we'll have our soon. I agree with that. So let's kick the Tiguan to the curb and we'll have Highlander in the next round. Cool. Uh, let's see an interesting twist here. How about the classic RAV4 versus CRV debate? Mm -mm. I'm this one's hard for me because I haven't I have not been in the new CRV. Um, mm. But based on even your video and everyone else's and just I don't know what it is about the new one. I'm not as much of a fan for some reason. Uh, I think the competition was closer with the old one. And yeah, what I look for and I think the RAV4 still looks better. Uh, I don't know the 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 amount of powertrain options you get. You've got you've got a little mm. bit more options on the RAV4. Uh, I don't know. And I would say you can get that RAV4 hybrid for under $30,000 still starting. So uh, yeah. that's probably where I would go. And you are going to get realistic 40 miles per gallon in it. You just won't in the CRV hybrid. I was a little disappointed in the CRV hybrid. It's roomy. I do like the style. I think it was really conservative in, in every aspect. It got a little bit more expensive. So I'm going RAV. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, okay, so we'll, we'll put that one on the next round, and uh, let's uh, let's go for something quirky here. How about Dodge Durango versus Volkswagen Atlas? Which is the more family-friendly thing? Now, are we just counting the regular Atlas or also the Cross Sport, the smaller one? Uh, we'll just we'll call it both Atlases. Okay, pick uh, pick your Atlas poison. I mean, I've driven an Atlas and I actually wasn't disappointed by it. It's nothing exciting, but it, it you know it gets the job done. It's comfortable and it's massive on the inside. The larger one is. Um, I believe it's bigger. Is it bigger on the inside than a Durango uh, dimensions wise? I don't really know. But it is a little bit larger on the inside. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, a little bit larger inside, a little smaller outside. If you want a more burly and you know rough and not rough but tough sounding and tough feeling vehicle behind the wheel the durango definitely has the v8 options and the more sort of the more potent v6 mm -hmm. option and so i mean i don't know it depends on what you're looking for but that one is so much older too that it's like eh, you might want to get something a little bit fresher maybe more reliable i don't know which one is more reliable in uh, historical data but 
Uh, Seems like the Durango actually wins the race. Is it really? Okay. There, oddly mm. enough, uh, I'm not. You decide. Say the, I would say the tech feels fresher in the Durango post refresh too, because that okay. infotainment system in the Atlas is is pretty old. But yeah. I will have to actually pick the Atlas here because um, this is a family friendly show, and uh, the Atlas is one of the very very few yeah. vehicles where you can have child seats latch anchored in the second row and still access the third row. There you go. So and has a three precision uh, bench in top trims uh, available as well. So uh, I would go Atlas. Okay, cool. Uh, let's go somewhere different here and let's go uh, Outlander versus Buick Envision. Oh, see, that one's actually tough, surprisingly, because I really like the way the Envision looks. It's I probably I, I like it a lot. It's a very clean design. Uh, this it reminds me of some Opals and Vauxhalls from Europe because I think it was that design was influenced by back when they we're still working with them perhaps mm -hmm. i think i don't remember but definitely was yeah yeah and, and i like the way it looks a lot um i have not been in one yet i actually will be driving one later this month but um the what was the other option again oh the outlander yeah the outlander, the outlander. i actually Which like the outlander. a nissan rogue with the mitsubishi logo Just, yeah i i think it looks unique i think it's cool in the the plug-in hybrid option i don't think that'll come in probably realistically under forty yeah. five thousand dollars but um my I don't problem know. with the Outlander is really just going to be dealer network and support. Sure, you yeah. can get one. It's probably yeah. cheaper than the Rogue. Uh, yeah. Probably a bit more available, but do you want to risk it? It does have a long warranty, though. Yeah, and I'm sure Buick is probably... I don't, I don't know if they're selling too many Envisions, so they're probably trying to get them out the door easier or quicker. So maybe you could get a better deal on an Envision. Um, only one can win. Which, only one can which win. Which is it? Which is it? Oh, I'm going to say... I'm going to say Outlander, actually. Ooh. I'm yeah. going to go with Envision. To break the tie, we have to resort to a digital coin flip app. So uh, name your heads or tails, Brian. Uh, let's give the Outlander heads. Heads, okay. And we're flipping. Oh, it bounces. That's that's kind of a cool app. Oh, well, that's sad. I wish I could overrule things. It's a heads. So sadly, the Outlander must win and pass along to the next round. Hey, you know, it has a tiny little third row. Family friendly. Yes, absolutely useless. Uh, unless <laughs> you have legless children. But uh, yeah, yeah if, if that is you, then that is perfect. Uh, mm -hmm. Next up, we have Palisade versus Pathfinder. Battle of the Peas. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I like both a lot. Mm. Um, I like one a lot more than the other. <laughs> Palisade, it gives you more. It I look, agree. It looks Let's go better. Palisade. Yeah, it's nicer and better. All yeah. Now we have a tricky one, Telluride versus Grand Cherokee. Now I would say for the listeners, price cap here is $45,000. So you can get basically a base Grand Cherokee with a few little doodads yeah. in squeak it in under 45, or you could get the majority of Telluride trims. Yeah, like I think what the only like the SX Prestige doesn't fit in that, I think. For the SX Prestige, the X Pro. Pro won't be in there, but you could X line for just about. Yeah. That. yeah. Assuming that your dealer doesn't charge you $10,000 over MSRP, which, you know, hey, is a real problem with Telluride at the moment. Yeah, um, I'm going to go Telluride for sure. Yeah, I would go Telluride as well. But I would just caveat that by saying the Grand Cherokee I really love, but they're it, you are going to have to pay for the honor. So you have to be the wealthier than average family for that right. to be your family choice. So we'll go with Telluride. And also, I, I prefer the Kia infotainment system over the Uconnect in the uh, Grand Cherokee. It's just mm -hmm. I think it's easier to use and better uh, laid out. So if that's something you consider. I um, would definitely disagree with that. 
But we must move on. Uh, escape versus Bronco Sport. Oh, Bronco Sport. Except the refreshed Escape does put up a better fight because it does finally mm-hmm. look better and it has you know nicer, bigger screen on the inside and um, simplified trim structure. I don't know. I... This is the case of materials versus style because the Escape right. has better materials. Bronco's better styled. Yeah. Uh, also, no hybrid Bronco Sport, which continues to amaze me. That's so, true. You could get you could get the hybrid, which is well priced in the Ford lineup, still has real all wheel drive, um, but does kind of look like a jelly bean. But I think it looks like a better jelly bean now. I think they did a good job with the refresh. Honestly, because of the better rear seat space and the better materials, I guess I would probably go escape and it's more fuel efficient. So if you need that option. Oh, we must we must break another tie because I was going to go with Bronco Sport because it's cheap. Oh, it sounded like uh, you were leaning towards Bronco Sport. And I was like, oh, so uh, so let's see here. So uh, what uh, what is pick your pick your heads or tailsies? Uh, let's slip it up. I'll do uh, Escape for Tails this time. Escape for Tails. Let's see here. Let's see what happens. This this app is free, but it's annoying because it bounces too long, and I just want to know. Got to be realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, now it's Tails. Well, that's not fair. <laughs> okay, so that means the Escape wins, right? I think so. Yeah. Yes. So move on with the Escape. Uh-huh. And uh, now we have Passport versus Pilot. And uh, I have seen the Pilot. Uh, I cannot tell you about the Pilot yet. So you will just have to go with existing Pilot uh, and uh, plus whatever assumptions you want to make about the next Pilot. Uh, I don't like either one. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, I guess the more rugged look of the, or the slightly more rugged look of the Passport appeals to me a little bit more. I just, I guess I'll lean Passport because I don't like either of their interiors as they currently are. Um, so yeah, the interiors are, are aging a little bit. Uh, remember, it's family friendly, though, and we do have that yeah. third row in the pilot. So oh, yeah. do you want to stick, guess, with that? Mm, stick with your Passport or? No, I think you can go Pilot. Yeah. Go Pilot? Okay. Yeah. I'll go. I'll, I agree with that one. Let's Pilot. Pilot. And then again, everybody, it's, it's the 2022 Pilot. Right. Important thing since we cannot speak of... Uh, the machine that does not uh, know its name yet. Uh, let's, next, we'll go with um, Chevy Traverse versus Mazda CX-50. Oh, wow. Um, I really like Traverse, very plain Jane, obviously very, very white bread. Jane. Yes, but it had a really... I really love the 3.6 V6 and the 9-speed automatic that it has. Like, they're actually engaging to mm-hmm. use instead of some of the other engines and transmissions in the segment. But for the CX-50, it has the older six-speed, and it's yeah. not as exactly modern and not exactly fresh it's sort feeling. It's rye bread. It's stylish. It looks good. Yes. But then you bite into it, and you really have to like the rye bread. It's bland. Yeah. So mm, I'm actually – this is going to be – I love the way the CX-50 looks, but I think for family-friendly duty, yeah, it's going to go Traverse for me. Traverse. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh... Mm. I sort of agree with that. It's got a big cargo area. We'll go Traverse. It's got a massive cargo area. Yeah. Uh, and then on the uh, agenda with massive cargo areas, we have Subaru Ascent versus Chrysler Pacifica. And uh, you could actually even toss in the hybrid in there. Okay. Well, I think I would I would have a no-brainer picking the, uh, the uh, Pacifica. Mm. The question I would wonder, and I would agree with you there, would be, would anybody else out there choose the Pacifica over the uh, the Ascent? Yes, and I will say the Pacifica barely, well, the Pacifica's in the group. Pacifica plug-in right. hybrid, 
could be here if you get the full tax credit. It starts at forty six thousand nine seventy eight, according to my screen right now, and、uh, it will qualify for the seventy five hundred dollar federal tax credit though. So that could get it well under the average. The average、uh, average、mm-hmm. new vehicle in America is forty eight thousand apparently now. So it could get you well under there、wow. if you qualify for it. Yeah.、Um, I would I would agree. I would also say interestingly enough.、Um, That according to Consumer Reports, this kind of surprised me. The ascent has been pretty terrible when it comes to reliability. reliability. Oddly enough, wow.、Um, it actually has、uh, the position of I think worst in the segment,、uh, or、Ooh. next to worst in the segment as far as reliability. Lots of lots of random issues with the ascent, and I don't understand the origin of that.、Um, so go figure there. But hey, it has a ton of cup holders. <laughs> Uh, so now we must ask the question of Santa Fe versus Tucson, both Hyundai's. Yeah,、um, I'm actually. I love the way the Tucson looks. I think it's a very modern, edgy design. Not as wild or wacky as the Tucson or the. Uh, uh, what was the other one? The Sportage. No, the Sportage. Oh, that's wacky Sportage.、Oh, yeah. Yeah, like as siblings, the Tucson is the far better looking one. But、uh, not siblings, but you know what I mean, cousins.、Um, But the Santa Fe, I think, has a Santa Fe's roomy. It's roomy and it has a, a more seat. It has a more sophisticated ride quality too. Like it felt a little bit more. Yeah, it is more expensive, but it felt like it rode like a more expensive car than the Tucson. And、um, Santa Fe's funky because it's it's Rav Four and CRV priced as far as the starting、right. price. It gets more expensive, but it's not in the same pricing category as、uh, as something along the lines of a Murano. Yeah, I and I like. The, you know, you can get the same three powertrains on both cars, so I guess it really does depend on: Do you want that little bit extra space, and you like the style of the、uh, Santa Fe? I think the Santa Fe would be my pick, honestly, because it, it does have; it still has physical buttons in the dashboard. If you are,、mm-hmm. you don't like the, the touch capacitive buttons that the Tucson has,、uh, Santa Fe still has the traditional stuff, and、uh, it's got a massive. They both have massive, massive panoramic moonroofs. Like they're very tied in a lot of feature-wise ways and spec-wise, but it just comes down to size and. Design, so I, I don't know. I think I would ag- I would agree with that. Yeah, Santa so, Fe. Santa Fe is my pick. Moving along, we have Sportage versus Rogue. Now that we have drugged the Sportage through the gutter, I would say I would probably choose the Sportage because you could get the hybrid again、yeah. uh, with the mechanical all-wheel drive. Uh, and the Rogue, well, lovely. Everybody should、uh, check out the review that's coming out soon. The new three-cylinder actually is pretty good、yeah. as far as the engine. The transmission, not a fan. It's peculiar. Interesting. Okay, I, I like the Rogue styling. I do I like, like the, the style. Yeah, I like the interior better. It's got,、um, I don't know. I, Yeah. I have to admit, I would I would take the Rogue over the CRV, which surprised me. I I had the yeah, Rogue the same、yeah. week that I drove the new CRV, and I came back, left the Rogue, drove the CRV, came back to the Rogue, hopped inside the cabin, and I thought to myself, you know, this thing's two years old, and it looks newer inside、yeah. than the CRV somehow. They did a good、uh, job. Yeah, and oddly enough, the three cylinder engine sounds better, but the transmission software programming is all bonkers.、Um, I mean, it's it's they're. There's a lot going on there. Remind me what、uh, it is. What kind of it is again? C- it's continuously variable automatic transmission, obviously. But Nissan software programming is weird. You know, you you press your foot down on the accelerator pedal, and then by the time the turbo spools up and the variable compression thing does its thing and the CVT、right. does its thing, you found that you're too aggressive on the throttle, so you pull back a little bit, and then you get this like moment of a little bit more acceleration than a little bit less acceleration. So you、hmm. find yourself just bouncing on the throttle pedal just too much. Yeah. Um, 
But I do like the interior. It's very practical, roomy, and very, very comfortable. Um, yeah. I think I would I think I would sportage though. Hmm. As much as I do think the sportage is nice and has a lot of features, I think the rogue puts up enough of a fight and I think it looks better. Oh, are we back to the heads, think, heads, tails thing? I, okay. We are, but you sh- you should pick uh, your side this time. Maybe that'll. Uh, I I I'm def I'm gonna go with sportage hybrid, since that's okay. a allowable. But pick your side of the coin. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I will go heads. Let's see. Okay. And we have flopped. Oh oh, and heads. So oh. sportage wins. Darn. So there we go. I think we figured and, out. And uh, now we have an even trickier one. We have Subaru Forester versus Kia Sorento. <clears throat> the reason I thought this was an interesting pairing is that the Sorento is like the Santa Fe in that it's more compact priced. Um, the Forester is a really great value in base trims, but I do think that by the time you get up to the upper end trims, it starts to feel a little bit too cheesy inside in some areas. Uh, but the Sorento does really well in some of those upper end trims. Uh, it has the teeny tiny third row as well. I'm team Sorrento for sure. I, I, it looks good. It, the value is there. Um, it's got all the powertrain options we've already mentioned with the other Hyundai Kia products. Yep. Uh, and also Sorrento. So let's just move that one on to the list. And then we need to insert Highlander mm-hmm. uh, back into the mix here as we work our brackets around. So, so this is move round two. Yeah. Move on to round two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trailblazer versus Highlander. I think they are both excellent values, but you know that Highlander did just get that 2.4 liter turbo, which I was not the biggest fan of. Mm. And uh, I suspect uh, some folks might be disappointed in the fact that Toyota's gone turbo. I like the power, but it's it's a little gruff. Yeah, I'm just not convinced that enough Highlander buyers care. I don't know. I mean, is there have there been have there been has there been research done into that on buyers of three row family crossovers caring what their engine is under the hood unless it's like a hybrid we'll or like i want the efficiency because yeah. i feel like if you talk if i talk to like a family member mm-hmm. looking into that and i told them oh they swapped out the two or the 3.5 v6 for a two 2.4 liter turbo four cylinder they would be like eh, what okay like yeah <laughs> it's, still a, it's still a highlander to them. right i suspect sales will tell the tale but if yeah. they are cross shopping a pilot and a Highlander, and they are like, oh, that's that's a buttery smooth V6 we've got in the pilot. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, we'll go yeah, with yeah. that one. We'll go with that one. The 2022, of course. We don't know anything uh, about the 23 yeah. Yeah, we, we certainly don't know that it still has a buttery smooth V6 or anything like that. Uh, at any rate, so you hop in from that, and then you hop into the Highlander, and you're like, what is this this gravelly thing under there? It sounds like you know a bucket of bolts has been thrown into my blender. Um, I have a feeling the customer's going to scratch their head. Maybe, 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 maybe. Um, so it was between Highlander and Trailblazer, though. Highlander mm-hmm. and Trailblazer. Remember, Highlander is a lot more expensive. Is yeah, the is. is the price tag worth enough to Highlander? Um, I th- I think it is. I think it is because it, do they they don't still offer that base two point seven four? Like they never had that this generation. no. They have this generation hasn't had that it was just the V six two point four liter. Higher price tag starts at thirty six and change. Well, it offers like more, that. I guess. I mean, the third yeah. row is sort of more Sorrento mm-hmm. size than Palisade size or anything like that, but it still has that, and you still do get the hybrid option, and maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, 
that's really tough. I, I'm going to go Highlander because I like it. I, I like the current Highlander, especially its interior. It has a pretty good interior. And I would say you could squeak into a base and XLE hybrid for under 45. So I would go with Highlander as well. Okay. So that's the next bracket. So uh, then we have RAV4 versus Atlas. Mm. What do you think? Uh, I am torn between these two. RAV4 is obviously going to be the more reliable vehicle. It's going to be much more fuel efficient, much more reliable. It is a little tight on the inside, but I think that a lot of families uh, would do well to look at downsizing, perhaps choosing that smaller vehicle, because then you could spend more time with your family than than time working, I would say. Uh, You can get into that RAV4 hybrid for a lot less than the base Atlas. Do you Mm -hmm. really need that third row or uh, the random occasion where you do need some extra room right you know maybe you put a little cargo carrier on top or you could rent a minivan for a weekend and don't forget the base atlas has the two liter turbo four and not exactly and apparently i've never driven the four cylinder one but i hear it's it struggles to move that heavy thing no it's uh it's not overly peppy let's put it that way well (laughs) i mean neither is a neither is a naturally aspirated rav4 I mean, if I were to get a RAV4, I would Correct. absolutely get yeah. the hybrid. Um, it just has a lot less weight to pull around the RAV, yeah. of yeah. course. Yeah, I'm going to go RAV4. I'm going RAV4 as well. So it's two Toyotas in the in the next oh, bracket man. down. Uh, we then have Outlander versus Palisade, two of your favorites. Can you, uh, can you stomach the Outlander? I can. I just think hmm, Palisade is better. They have... Third row heated seats. What more could you want? <laughs> uh, well, you can't third row heated seats. Oh, not for that price. Dollars. You're right. You're so, right. Yes. Ooh, ooh. For 2023, all Mitsubishis are going to have a very similar warranty to Hyundai and Kia. Five years, 60,000 mile bumper to bumper, which is certainly longer than we find in the American brands. Ten years, 100,000 miles on the powertrain. So that should put a lot of people's fears at ease. Uh, let's right. move on here. We now must go with uh, Escape versus Pilot. Hmm. Um, I think, I think I would choose escape. Yeah. I'm more of a fan of what they did for 2023. The powertrain options are there. Mm -hmm. It's got a little bit of a fresher, uh, suite of technology on the inside. Um, yeah, Yeah, I would say, especially since we cannot comment on 2023, right. Right. Uh, I cannot say that I would pick it over the escape. So we'll just go with the escape here. Uh, sorry there. Uh, Chevy Traverse versus Pacifica. So minivan versus big crossover. Nearly minivan, yeah. Yeah, nearly um, the un-minivan. Right, because it think... is actually, it is the largest uh, two or two, largest three-row crossover that's mm-hmm. not an extended wheelbase full-size SUV in terms of yep, cargo. Yep. It has more cargo space than a, like, a Yukon. It's huge. Yeah, it's huge. Um, I have to say, though, by the time you've inflated your crossover to Traverse Dimensions, you might as well just pack it in, get a minivan, because that's what you really yeah. need anyway. You know it, too. You know it. You know it. You, you know gotta... you need the minivan. You know you need the second row seats that fold into the floor mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. or the things that strap in the back, etc. cetera. Uh, I would go Pacifica. Uh, that would be me. Just get over the denial just hurdle. Just get right it. into acceptance. Do it. I mean, yeah, do yep. it. Agreed. And uh, for anybody asking why... Uh, the uh, Honda and the Toyota minivans are not on this list because Pacifica has won the battles here before, so we just didn't even include them. Anyway, moving on, we have Santa Fe versus Sportage. Mm. Santa Fe, Sportage. Oh, I think Santa Fe. Yeah. I wish just... Santa Fe as well. Yeah. So let's cross that one off the list. That leaves us with Sorrento versus Telluride. Ooh. 
<laughs> well, so earlier this year, I would have said Sorrento, but the refreshed Telluride definitely now looks better to me. Mm. The interior now is up to up to speed with the rest of the modern Kia interiors with the dual screen and all that. Um, I really like the the amount of choices and interior colors you can get. It's actually a lot more you can get on the get outside. You can interior than you, that you can you in can. the Sorrento, though. You can get it now, yeah. You can but get you the can, blue interior in the Telluride? Yeah, it's on the Telluride now. Yeah. Which, which, which model? Uh, the SX, not with X Pro or X Lines, like the regular SX. And I believe also EX, too. There's like the... The, the nicer leather, you get it on the SX, but you can get it in blue on the lesser leather. I guess the it might be fake leather, but it's yeah. it's available. And that is a that's what I really liked about the Sorrento. I thought that was a unique uh, unique color option, but now it's not alone. So I don't, Great. I don't know. I think I might be telling you right now. Because for me, the outside now looks more like the original concept car they showed before mm-hmm, the production mm-hmm. model came out. When the production model came out, it had that looks like it has braces in the front with the chrome and the the way they designed the front grille but now that's refreshed it actually has the really thick border around the grill it kind of just looks more um i don't know more chunky up front instead of i don't know slick and the transition to this refresh is uh was really good to, in my opinion so i i think design wise telluride is better now i like the design of the telluride uh i don't know if I would pay the extra, though, uh, it looks like the SX and the EX are the ones that can have the blue interior, but it's not the same as Sorrento because you only get a blue steering wheel and a blue dash. The seats are just the ivory color. Are you sure? Okay. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, looks like that's that's how they do that color combo. So you only get oh, the, yeah. um, only the upper door sections are the navy. The bulk of the interior is the ivory color. Hmm. I think I would probably go with Sorrento because it's a lot less expensive and it's a lot more available at this point too. True. So your likelihood of getting it is going to be better. Um, you can also get a Sorrento hybrid for. Mm-hmm. A lot less than a Telluride. Let's take a peek at that pricing here. Uh, if we take a look at the uh, Sorento here, you could Sorento plug-in hybrid for forty-nine. That's just out of the pricing range, but you could Sorento hybrid for thirty-six five ninety, and that is basically where Telluride starts. Um, wow. So that is that is definitely a consideration um, for me uh, at least. And you could yeah. get the SX Prestige Sorento with that blue leather that you liked uh, mm-hmm. for under 45. You can get that on the regular hybrid because I thought it was only on the plug-in. You can get it on the regular hybrid. Okay. It's kind of the inverse of Telluride where the dash is ivory, the upper yeah. dash is charcoal, main dash is ivory, but the seats are that navy blue, which I honestly think could get me over the fact that the front end is kind of ugly. The front end is so good. I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> the front end is perfect. Now we must don't, decide don't Sorrento versus Telluride. I'm on I'm on team Sorrento. Uh I think I you know what? I'm Sorrento. Yeah. Sorrento teams are oh hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we're almost in the home stretch, and uh, because I was controversial for not including other minivans, let's just push the Pacifica all the way to the final round, uh, almost sort of as the penalty. Because you know, if uh-huh. you really want that most family-friendly vehicle, you're going to end up having to you know eat some crow and get that minivan you don't really want. So next up here, let's just go right into Escape versus Rav Four. Base prices are pretty darn similar, basically twenty-seven five for both of these options. You can hybrid Escape 
for $32,340 or Hybrid RAV4 for $30,225. Do you go with the stylish option, which I would say is the Escape, or mm. the reliable option, which is the RAV4? <clears throat> I mean, I actually still think that the RAV4 looks better, in my opinion, um, but mm, I don't know. The Escape is still, I mean, I think with the, are we considering plug-in hybrid too? Because I know with the plug-in hybrid Escape, doesn't it go sure. a little bit further on electricity only? Plug-in hybrid Escape is an interesting twist because it's front-wheel drive only, not like the RAV4 Prime. Uh, so slightly different mission. Yeah. It's slower. It's more focused on efficiency. It's not all-wheel drive, but it is less expensive and actually obtainable because good luck finding a RAV4 Prime. It's 38005 yeah. So I would say that's that's a, that's a possibility. You could, you could toss that in there. I think you should. Um Honestly, I don't know. Um, RAV4s are so popular. RAV4 hybrids, too. Like, I feel like you just you see them everywhere. I guess you see a lot of escapes, too. But the new one, I think, looks good. Um, so, I don't know. I think... Mm, Only one must come in. In terms of being able to find one easier, I guess I would go escape. Escape. I yeah. agree with that. Because there is an ease of, of purchase thing to be considered here. Sure. Escape's been pretty decent reliability. If you get the hybrid, it's basically the same formula that we find in Toyota's hybrid systems with the more capable all-wheel drive system. So I, I kind of agree with that. RAV4, not a bad choice, but Escape's no. going to move on. Okay. Uh, next up, we have Outlander versus Sorento, battle of the small third rows. Although the third row is more usable in the Sorento. That's an important thing to keep in mind. So more usable. If you wanted a more powerful engine, you can get that in the Sorento. You can get the 2.5 liter turbo. Yep. So you can get a naturally aspirated engine. You can get a turbo engine. You can get a turbocharged hybrid. And you can get a turbocharged plug-in hybrid if you want all of the things on your Sorento. Um, one note, however, for 2023, Sorento PHEV is available only as an SX Prestige. So it is technically out of the running for our price bracket here at 49890 So we're just going to have to kick that one to the curb and uh, and say you can hybrid hybrid all the bells and whistles, but no plug. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm always a fan of choices. And so even without that choice, you still have three to choose from on mm -hmm. the uh, Sorento side. So, mm, I th and I think it... The size, the the fact that even though it is a small third row, it's still, like you said, a little bit more usable. Mm -hmm. The overall cargo space, I believe, is also just larger. Um, yeah. It doesn't have as many seats as a hybrid, as a Highlander, but I will say that the Sorento right. is actually closer to Highlander size on the inside uh, in many critical dimensions, mostly legroom and headroom. The width of the third row is a little bit narrow, but uh, roominess on the inside actually is pretty comparable to Highlander. Big thing to know, though, uh, most of the versions are going to be six seat uh, when mm -hmm. you're out there shopping. So mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the versions of Sorento are going to have that captain's chair set up in the second row. Right. Which, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, I don't know how many people use that middle seat that often. I mean, I know somebody, mm -hmm. somebody does, but I would go with Sorento. That's my pick. What's I think yours? so. Yeah. Sorento? Go. Okay. We'll cross the cross that off. Now we must go uh, Santa Fe versus Highlander. Mm -hmm. This is, I guess, the do you need the third row and is the third row worth $6,000? Mm. I don't know. I don't think it is considering that it's not the biggest out there. 
Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. Now they can, you can squeeze three across back there legally. There are three belts somehow. Yeah, three they... across in the Highlander back is is that's pretty tight back that's there. Super tight, so. um, you can get a hybrid Highlander though for forty thousand two twenty, which I think is a pretty good deal. Yeah. Uh, the hybrid Santa Fe thirty four thousand three, so still about a six thousand dollar price gap. Uh, and I think it just comes down to you know how much are you going to use that third row? Are you carpooling? Obviously, that's going to mm-hmm. put you in in Highlander territory. Yeah. Uh, or are you just taking you know your 2.5 kids and your poodle somewhere because you could jam those into the santa fe i'm assuming you could put half a child in the middle seat in the second row it depends on which half of the child you have really yeah is yeah it, is it the like left or the right half? half but yeah left, left or right <laughs> half. but i mean you know that it's easy to squeeze them in the, in the middle seat there if it's only half a child yeah um so uh so what do you say santa fe highlander toss up it's hard. Flip yeah, because what are we what are we doing? We, well, what did you what, did you have a choice? Did you did you have a lane? I I I am un un I'm willing to be swayed. <laughs> I think for me, I, I I'm gonna go Highlander because uh, this is getting in the weeds. But Santa Fe is on its way into a new generation pretty soon. The Highlander's still got a couple of years left, so I think if you're gonna stick with one that's gonna be around for a little bit longer, the Highlander is still a good choice. It has a really nice interior. Mm-hmm. I, I would I would say Highlander. I would I I probably would go Highlander as well. I like that third row option, uh, which we don't get in that Santa Fe. I think it probably is worth the six grand to do the third row. Yeah. And I would probably Highlander hybrid. Uh, you avoid the gruff 2.7 liter or sorry, 2.4 liter turbo. Yeah. Uh, and you really will get 35, 36 miles per gallon. It's probably going to last you forever because that hybrid system is very reliable. Yep. Uh, so moving along, we must now decide the three-way battle: uh, Escape, Sorrento, or Highlander. Which is the best family vehicle to buy? Oh man! But this 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 winner will go up against. It'll just be like you have to go up against minivan or Pacifica. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Um, for me, I'm gonna go Sorrento. Sorrento. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I like the I like the Sorrento. I think I would nudge the Highlander up just a hair because it's only going to be about $35, $3,600 more to get the Highlander hybrid over the Sorrento hybrid. Mm-hmm. It's going to get you better fuel economy. It's going to be a tiny bit roomier, but more importantly, it's going to have more seats. That's the thing That's for true. me. I do like the mechanical all-wheel drive system in the Sorrento hybrid. It's going to make it feel much more sure-footed. Um, right. It is roomy inside, etc. cetera. Um, I, would, uh, I think I would give the win to Highlander. So I think that means that we must have another coin toss. We must. Time to pick. The fates. Let's see what they say. What is what is your choice? Heads or tails here? Ooh, heads. And heads. Oh dear! Wow, the Sorrento wins. So uh, Sorrento has to go up against Pacifica. Now it's time for the real meaty discussion here. So, should you get the three-row crossover, or should you just admit that your life is over and get the minivan? Oh, I wouldn't put it that bleakly. <laughs> the light, your life is just beginning with the minivan. You know, it's just the beginning. Oh, I've moved on to a different phase. You know, a different not, phase. My life isn't half over. I am. I am merely exploring my middle ages. Yes, I'm. I'm uh, shedding skin. Going on a crusade for my middle ages here. <laughs> uh, I actually quite like the Pacifica, but it is definitely a statement. No all-wheel drive. Uh, it definitely says that you needed the cargo capacity. You need that third row that is always used. I would say, in my defense of Sorrento, 
that most people that have a third row don't use it nearly as much as they think they yeah. needed the third row when they bought the vehicle. Right. Um, so this is a average use case versus max use case. You know, if your parents are visiting, your in-laws are visiting, and you need everybody to go theoretically in one car, that's what the third row is for. And most people I know that tends to be what the third row is used for. But mm -hmm. how often is everybody really there? Um, would you be better suited to the cheaper vehicle? Because the Pacifica is going to start at 37000 Theoretically, you could get a Sorento for eight grand less with a longer warranty. And eight grand is an awful lot of weekend rentals in a minivan if you needed one. That is true. I guess the other way to look at the minivan thing is, you know, it's it's not forever. You know, it's, it's a, again, it's a phase once you don't no, need it forever. anymore. Once you've minivanned, oh, you can't go back. Your, oh. soul is, your soul is dead. It's, oh. Yeah. There's no, there's yeah, no redemption. There's no return. There's no return. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, with that in mind. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> uh, Your dad bod is firmly set. Your note's never going to come back. There's no you've, return. You've already had the shame of driving down the street in the minivan. Even, even the unminivan, even if it's a carnival, even if it's the coolie van. Or like the know, swagger wagon. The swagger wagon. Yeah. The swagger wagon. Doesn't matter. What if it was a, well, this won't be under 45, but what if you theoretically had a, an ID buzz? Would you count that as a cool minivan? Maybe no, well, no, 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 probably not. No, no, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Depends on where you live. Are you in Santa Cruz? Probably right. just fine. Yeah. Uh, are you in Des Moines, Iowa? Probably not fine. Are you where I live? That would that thing would stick might out. Not be, before, might not be fine. Time. Might not be fine. So, only one must win. I would vote Sorrento because it's cooler. It is cooler, it, and it looks better. Yeah, and it's it's all you need. I think. I mean, if you need more than that can provide you really have to go minivan or you have to go full-size suv and you have to pay more mm -hmm. or you got to go used so it's yeah. like sorrento i think is the smartest choice with what we got here and there we go so uh the the words have spoken the bracket has functioned and uh, sorrento is the ultimate family vehicle that you should have on your next shopping list and if it's too small uh, I guess you should just leave your children at home that's mm. that's probably the answer maybe home uh you know I get don't go anywhere until they're old enough to drive themselves. And then they'll so, drive you. Yeah. 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 That's, that's the answer. And, and maybe you'll be so old. They'll just put you in the back seat and it won't matter because they'll just be saying, dad, stop talking, squeeze yourself in that seat. I don't care. Or even better. They'll put you on the tow hitch on one of those platform things that holds the wheelchair and they'll just sit you in the wheelchair and have you ride in the back of the car. Oh, sort of like granny strapped in with the rocking chair on the roof. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And with that out of the way, where can they find us, Brian? They can find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. We've got the website, alexonautos.com. We've got yeah. Alex on Autos on YouTube. We've got and this the EV Buyer's Guide. Mm -hmm. Make sure you go to check that one out as well. That's all the EV stuff. Um, and I think that's it. That, that's covering all of it, right? Yep. And uh, we'll see what uh, Tim thinks of our declaration of the best family vehicle next week when he is right back here on the Auto Buyer's Guide podcast. See you all later. See you.